Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 76 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, alongside my partner, Jeff Blum. Fresh up a couple of days off, a little mini break in the middle of the season yeah. and a little chance to go back home to SoCal, uh, which is awesome. Blummer, how are you doing this morning? I'm great. Uh, yeah, I did get a little bit of a break. So I'd, uh, instead of staying in Southern California, I made the charge back to Houston, enjoyed some heat and pool time with yeah. the family, and it was good. Unfortunately, I had to watch Fox and ESPN. Oh, I, I'm coverage. taking digs now. I'm, I used to be a little yeah. like a little more understanding, but I'm taking digs now. I, I did I, not enjoy those. I mean, you've got one game a week to, to call. <laughs> you would think you would know something about the teams that were involved in playing and not. And the thing that's weird to me is calling it as if there's like you're talking about a team from last year or something. Like, it's like you just read somebody's that's, notes online. Like, that's the only on, knowledge. Man. Yeah. You're right. They just kind of yeah. go on past experience instead of actually digging in and realizing what's going on. Just pull it together, bro. They're like, <laughs> like Jose Abreu was the MVP. Like, yeah, three years ago, man. Like Dude, during maybe the COVID look- era. <laughs> like it's like pretty soon i feel like they're going to be like uh you know the astros were good when they had cesar sedanio like mm. um wait till nolan yeah. ryan gets back in the rotation <laughs> dear exactly. god i know it's terrible by the way if you're watching us on youtube over my left shoulder you probably see this lit star behind me i should make a mention this Great is uh, from the from the stars for sarah campaign for baseball fans who don't know Sarah Lang's an awesome researcher for Major League Baseball. She's on Twitter at S Lang on Sports. Great follow. Uh, just a couple of years ago, she was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And there's a website out there called Stars for Sarah. It's stars for sarah.org, where you can purchase one of these really cool handmade stars. <clears throat> 50 bucks. 100% of the profits go to Project ALS. Looking for a cure for a really terrible disease. Uh, so very worthy cause. She was on uh, Lou Gehrig's day. She was on all of the different broadcasts. She's a fun follow and a, just a really her favorite. Her catchphrase is "Baseball is the best," and uh, mm-hmm. she really is an awesome, uh, brave, and really tremendous human being. So 
if you're so inclined, go to starsforsarah.org. Pick, yes, pick yourself up one of these bad boys. Now this gets to be in my background, which is awesome. Yeah, good Love on it. you for doing that too. Sarah, you know, I don't plagiarize yeah. many people, but Sarah has been one person that I have plagiarized a bit because her yes. knowledge of the game and her understanding and the joy and love for it kind of comes through even through some of her tweets. Yeah. So I've, I've actually snagged some of her uh, knowledge online and uh, used it for my own. She's amazing. Oh yeah, no. The, some of her stats and stuff. I mean, she is a mm-hmm. researcher and a very good one. Very good. Um, one. And she she comes up with some really interesting stuff. Definitely worth a follow on Twitter. Absolutely. And like I said, go get a star, man. It's only fifty bucks, and it helps out ALS, um, which is which is just a terrible, terrible illness. Um, anyway, speaking of social media, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, and give us a follow on Twitter and on Instagram at Believe in Astros. You can find me at Jeff Balky Blummer at Blummer27 all over social media and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, also, give us five stars on Apple if you haven't already. Obviously, we love getting your questions and comments and we read them all. For example, when is a balk actually a balk? Oh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is going to be like uh, what is a catch in football? Because nobody seems to be able to figure out either of those items. And so let's just jump into this one, Blummer. It was the Bach heard round the Astros world. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in fairness, I don't even know if it's in fairness, but just to comment, the Astros screwed this up before the Bach happened. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, this is not all yeah. on this one call. However, what the hell was that? A Bach call by the second man. And I love that idiot umpire who's like, if you can no, see dude. me on YouTube, standing there all stern, making a meme out of himself. Like, don't be, that's why people don't like umpires, bro. Yeah. Uh, you know what? He stepped, he stepped off. There might've been a little bit of a bend in the knee before he stepped off. And I'm not. So the idea of the balk is you're trying to deceive the runner. Now, right. if you're a robot and you have robot eyes and you've been programmed to see movement, you're going to go back, back, and you're going to call it. So that's the part I don't appreciate. Watch the game, understand a human body's movement and say, you know what? That was a little bit of a, that was a poor dismount from the rubber, but I'm not going to penalize the guy with a guy at third base. I'm not going to do that. I can, I can use my own judgment and say, Hey, you know what? There's a little bit of a glitch, but you were just stepping off. You weren't trying to deceive anybody. You weren't trying to do this, trying to do that. I'm going to let this one go, but I'm going to say, I'm going to walk up behind you. I'm going to go, Hey, you know, next time you do that, let's be a little more careful uh, and then move on with the game. But you could tell that he was embarrassed. I feel like he was embarrassed the way he was standing there. Like you said, with his hands up there, who is it? Uh, who is it? Sister Mary Catherine from SNL <laughs> yes. who shoves her hands in her armpits and then yeah, sticks a exactly. whip on them. It, it, that was the next move he was going to make because he was so uncomfortable having the oh. entire stadium staring at him and understanding that the wrath, the absolute wrath of Ryan Stanek was coming his way. And good, look, credit to Stanek for holding it together to finish out the inning mm-hmm. and then going That's true, because he could have burned that bullpen and Dusty. Oh, but he, he, you're right. That's a good point. He didn't. He didn't. And then he went absolutely nuclear, which 100% <laughs> deserved and, frankly, kind of awesome to watch. You know, mm-hmm. because, I mean, 
Blummer, let me ask you a question. What's the maddest you ever got at an official? And I, I'm sure you've been ejected before, right? You've had to have been kicked yeah. out. Yeah. And what's the what's the angriest you ever got at an official for a call? Uh, I mean, there's been a couple of uh, there was a, there's always been a couple of, of called third strikes where I've gotten my money's worth. And what's interesting about that is I was able to get my money's worth, which in my mind tells me I'm right because I didn't get ejected for those. Um, there was a couple tag plays, but the one play I did get ejected for, I was playing with the Montreal Expos. Uh, Lee Stevens hit a ball in the gap. I come around from first to home and I put out, I put, I throw out one of these Jake Marisnik type slides where I'm like diving to the outside, swipe the plate with my hand. I mean, it's just, just glorious, like just approach <laughs> into home plate. And I swipe it with my left hand and Javi Lopez, the catcher for the Atlanta Braves gives it the old swipe tag and misses me by about three feet. And Tim Timmons, a home plate umpire is ringing me up as Javi Lopez is coming back to tag me again. Cause he knows he didn't get me and he calls me out and I, I, I jump up in spectacular fashion and about three feet off the ground and grab my helmet and I slam it into the ground and it breaks and I get immediately ejected and I just, I proceeded to just destroy him verbally before I got ejected and had a beer in the second inning. <laughs> that was in the first inning. It was in the second. Inning. In, it was in the second inning. Wow. Yeah. Blummer, you're, you're, you're more of a hothead in your youth, I guess. Yeah, no, I was, I really was my first like five years in the big leagues. I was yelling and screaming, snapping helmets, bats. I was a mess. It took me a while wow. to calm down. Well, it, as does it all of us, I think. Yeah. Although some, somehow I feel like I'm getting more angry as I get older about stuff like this. <laughs> it's like I, I, I also, by the way, interesting that uh, when you uh, pretended to be a robot, you balked like a chicken, which was mm-hmm. kind of interesting that you made that noise. I, I'm, I kind of wish all robots were chickens at this point. I think that'd be kind of, <laughs> that'd be kind of fun. Also, so about this game, let's also go. Is Rafael Montero, should he ever pitch for the Astros again? I mean, th- to me, this is such a difficult – Chandler Rome had a really good rundown of why this is a complicated situation. I've explained yeah. it to a couple of friends of mine. He has he can't be sent down to the minors. Mm-mm. He has a large, a large, ridiculous contract that should not have been signed in the first place. You can't just leave him in the bullpen because you have limited numbers of players, so you can't just leave him there and not pitch him. And then on top of that, what you would normally want to do is pitch him in low leverage situations when there's Mm -hmm. a blowout. The Astros don't have any blowouts because they can't score enough runs to have one, and they typically pitch well enough to prevent them from happening to them. It's a very difficult situation. I mean, I feel almost like you almost can't play him or it's, it's negligence to put him out there right now. Yeah, I'm not sure how contracts work, but I know in order to get sent down, you got to have options. And I yeah. obviously he's been in the league a while, so you don't have the options yep. to be able to send him down. And right. you know, if you do, I think you have to DFA him. And if you DFA him, then yep. you're you're stuck eating the entire contract. That's right. Or you're or you're paying a guy to pitch in AAA and figure it out at, at an exorbitant amount of money. And uh, what's crazy mm-hmm. about that contract? And I don't. And I'm with you. In the sense that he get, he did get overpaid because he's not a closer for the right. Astros yet he has got top eight he's got the top eighth highest contract or he's in the top eight Something. as far as reliever contracts yeah and, yeah, and one, every other one is a closer 
And that's what I was going to say. One would assume that the other guys getting paid as much or more than him are closers yeah. because they're higher leverage situations. So that's where the contract, I think, kind of came into question was, why is he a top 10 reliever if he's not a closer? And uh, that just adds more fuel to the argument of what do you do with this guy? And I've seen struggles. You've seen struggles. I've struggled. Um, And like you said, you know, there there are points in a game where you can put a guy in there and just say, hey, don't worry about the scoreboard. Pitch to your ability. Find, figure it out. And to your point, the Astros don't have enough offense to go out there and say, we're going to pound somebody or they're not playing a team either. If they were playing the Oakland A's, Kansas City Royals, uh, some of these other teams that they could put up 10, 12 runs on, then you could move them in and say, okay, go get them. And then I've also heard the argument, why don't you make them an opener? Well, I tell you what, what's not high leverage about facing the first three guys in the lineup? to start a game. I mean, that's another leverage situation that you've got to worry about. So picking your pockets for him are going to be very tricky. It's going to be a job by the analytic team. It's going to be a job by Josh Miller, Dusty Baker, because everybody wants to harp on on Dusty. But at the same time, you know, Josh Miller, I would imagine has some input on how Mm -hmm. to, how to use this guy, but no way should we see him in a, in a, in a position where he's facing three, four, five again. Right. No, and, and it sounds and terrible you, until he figures it out. Right. Well, and on top of that, Blummer, what's so concerning about this whole thing is at some point, probably three to four weeks out, maybe maybe a little sooner if we're lucky, Jose Arquiti is going to come back. And mm-hmm. when he does, the most logical step would be to send Brunel Blanco into mm-hmm. the bullpen as a long reliever because he's been really good. And then your choice is okay. I guess we got to send Seth Martinez down, which is fine. Well, is, except Seth Martinez, Dubin's not here still, is he? Is he? I don't. Maybe he is. Maybe you're right. Maybe Dubin is is still there. I but guess that would be the option. Only, I mean, shoot, I, man, I legit took two days off. I, I checked out, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm gonna have to check the roster Fair. when I come back. <laughs> yeah, no, I 100 percent agree. But regardless, it's like Montero is just. Yeah it's a drain on where they're at right now. And it's just, it's, it's, it, and like, it's borderline criminal, like, and not, and look, it's borderline bad, not just for the Astros, it's bad for him to throw oh, him in terrible. there when he's struggling imagine. like this. Yeah. It's I can just, imagine yeah, coming into the just, game with the expectation that everybody's just like, Oh no, they're worried about what's going to happen next. But I've never, right. and I've never seen a guy get punished. Like he's getting punished either, yeah. man. I feel terrible for the guy. Yeah, he is just getting raked for sure. The one bent thing that did come out of this weekend was the first extra innings win of the year. Astros were 0 and 6 going in, and they finally got a win in extra innings. I mean, I know it's like what just the, these, these small victories. We've got to we got to take them for whatever they are. Um, you know, I, I was I was kind of looking at some of this stuff, like the just looking at the wins and losses, and and sort of these late kind of games where we've struggled, <clears throat> obviously Jordan Alvarez makes a huge difference in this. And he is swinging a bat, by the way, we should note. He started swinging crazy. a bat. Yeah, which I'm is, stoked about that. Which is great. Um, but, you know, you get late in innings. The Astros used to be money in these situations. They were absolutely mm-hmm. money. Late, uh, was it late? high leverage runners on runners on base, like kind of stuff where they were hitting like 
as a team hitting like 350 or something. I mean, it's just those, you know, those days are clearly not here now, but it's, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's something they're going to have to get better at because that's what the entire postseason is. It's a, you know, hitting and leverage situations, pitching and leverage situations. I mean, that's the deal. Yeah, and we saw it early on in the season when Jordan was healthy that they yeah. actually had that comeback ability, you know, late they in did. games and their numbers from the seventh inning on were crazy. They were blowing up bullpens left and right. But yes. uh, that's the only thing that kind of, you know, you're trying, we, we sit on here and try and nurture the hope that there is hope. And the, the fact that they're only five games back, granted, they're tied with the Angels as we speak for second place. But the fact that they're only five games back does give me some semblance of hope because if they can. If they can play well enough in the St. Louis series to win the series and then take that into the Texas series where they're kind of scuffling right now, that could really benefit them. (laughs) Yeah, Texas has been exceptional, but they're kind of, I think at this point, they're kind of a little bit regressing to the mean. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. This is obviously a team to be reckoned with all season long. They have to regress, dude. Yeah, their run differential is something like plus 157 or something crazy like that. Yeah. The difference between the Astros, I looked at it yesterday. The difference between their run differential and the Astros is like 110 runs. It's, a <laughs> it's 106 just, as we speak. It's 106. That's what theirs is. And the yeah, Astros is, I think, plus, plus 147. The Astros are plus 41. 41. That's right. So it's, yeah, that's ridiculous. 106 mm-hmm. runs difference in differential. I mean, that's crazy. Now, by the way, there's only like three teams that are plus over 100. And then yeah. it drops precipitously. I think it's them, Tampa Bay, and I forget who the other one was. Uh, uh, but Tampa yeah. Bay, Texas. I've got it right in front of me. Uh, and oh, yeah, the Atlanta Braves. Braves. There you go. Right. And uh, otherwise, yeah, it's a pretty precipitous drop after that. Oh, um, man, yeah. It's, a, it's just crazy. Like, the Astros are something like eighth, and they're at plus 41. I mean, that's... It's, it's kind that's of interesting a, you bring that up, because now that I'm looking at the standings, I was just filling out my scorecard mm-hmm. for today's game prep, and, and it's amazing the discrepancy between those three teams. It really is. I mean, you've got three teams that are just scoring boatloads. Never mind mm-hmm. the... The never mind the Angels, who <laughs> the other day Did scored twenty three runs, and I I watched it uh, as I was watching. I was like looking at it on my phone. I was like, "What? What?" And the the crazy thing about that is they still lost the series at plus twenty. They hey, were plus twenty you see and lost the series. <laughs> they outscored Colorado thirty two to twelve and lost the series. <laughs> lost the series, man. That is just that is Bonkers. insane. That is so. So here's a, this is an interesting stat. My uh, my friend and a friend of the show, Katya, sent me, uh, which was really interesting. And this somewhat this is an amazing stat, and it also you can use it to say, well, this might be some of the issue with the team this year. So last year, the Astros started rookies at, in this in the uh, in their pitching rotation. 1.2%, which was Hunter Brown's, you know, however many innings. This year, 35.89% of the starts of the Astros have been by rookies. I mean, that yeah. is 30, 35% have been starts by rookies, which is Brown, uh, France, and, and I guess Blanco. Belak, Blanco. Um, yeah. yeah, and that doesn't even count Belak. That leaves Belak out of but- the equation. Yes, Holy. that does not count be, be like in that equation. <laughs> so 
That is insane. When you consider be like you're adding another four or five percent to that. So you're talking almost forty percent of your starts have come from mm-hmm. rookies or so the fact that they are still one of the better teams in the league in ERA mm-hmm. uh, is incredible, right? It I is. mean, that's just it's it's a credit to Josh Miller and the pitching coaching staff. And I don't know, man. The, imagine, I guess the thing is, imagine where they'd be if they actually had non rookies pitching uh, again. But then they still have to hit. But I mean, I thought that was an incredible stat. That is an incredible stat. And it also, I mean, it shines a light on how, how organizations need depth. I mean, we saw it with the Dodgers starting two of their best prospects. They actually won those games. But at the yeah. same time, the Astros having to run out, you know, some of their pitching depth. But I think it also shines a huge spotlight on the fact, uh, you know, the most important thing for a World Series championship run is health. And we saw that last season when they only used eight starters, forcing Hunter Brown into that rotation uh, to get those starts. But at the same time, only using eight starters, that's what that's what complements a bullpen. And that's how you win championships is staying healthy. And obviously, we're seeing on the offensive side, too, missing Michael Brantley, uh, Jose uh, Altuve for a little while, Don Alvarez. I mean, there's some serious things going on with the health. If they can get healthy and stay this close to the Rangers, that's the only thing that gives me that hope. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, and it's just, it, you know, we, health is the great equalizer in sports. Mm. Um, it is the thing that, that changes everything. I always tell when people, when I'm doing beginning of the season, like when I'm on the radio or, or writing a story, um, about like the beginning of the, you know, the Astro season or the rocket season or anybody, my, my caveat is always assuming they stay healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, Health will just, you know, it will just ruin you. Um, and and you can see that around the league. Teams that have been, you know, really hit by injury. Well, except for Tampa Bay, who apparently seems completely immune to anything. Uh, but you look at the Mets. Until they get to the, the playoffs, Mets just, yeah. The Mets are just cratered by, you know, and... What's going on there? Jeez. Dude. Honestly, there. What, what did I see the other day? They were like 15 games back or something crazy like that. They might be sellers at the trade deadline. Think about Is that, that for a minute. It's just, it's just wacko. Um, yeah. All right. There's so 16, I wanna, 16 games back. Sorry. 16 I've games got the standings back. in front of me. Yeah. And I think St. Louis is something like 14 games back, oh. aren't they? No, they're at, dude, the, the AL Central, National League Central are the two wackiest divisions I've they're ever seen so in my nuts. life. Um, the Cardinals are in fifth place, but they're eight and a half games out. Eight and a half, okay. <laughs> That's in, in fifth place, eight and a half games out. Yeah. Yeah, those, the, the two Central divisions are just. <laughs> I'll, I'll use, I'll, you know, I'll use this for it. Farts. that was a pretty good one maybe maybe their problem is that they i just hope it's not a blown spootinator maybe that's their problem (laughs) is they've got a bunch of blown spootinators oh my god it's just nuts so okay i i I feel like we have to have an uncomfortable conversation about dusty baker for a minute um Uh, not because dusty's not because he's he's been awful or anything, but because I, there's a couple of question marks that I think are reasonable to discuss. I mean, we've already talked about Montero and like we say, there, there's, there are good reasons for Montero to have to pitch. It's a difficult situation, Mm -hmm. but I have a couple 
that I really wonder about, and I want to get your opinion on these. First, um, Yiner Diaz. We've talked about it here a bunch of times. I know that Maldonado is, you know, better with the pitchers, calls a better game management. But at what point do you have to be like, listen, Yiner is just clearly better. He's got a better fielding percentage. He's got a better war than Maldonado does. He hits better. He's actually has a better caught stealing rate by a pretty substantial amount. Maldonado is below 22%, which is the league average. Yiner's up around 38. So at what point do you just have to say, at least this guy needs to get half of the starts or something like that? I mean, when do we ma- when does that decision happen? He's been getting more playing time now because Jordan's been out. So he's been able to DH, mm-hmm. get some time there. But when he comes back, there's no reason to keep him on the bench, right? Right. Yeah, I don't – this is where I would – I mean, if even if I did no more, I'm not sure I would – saying it's like (laughs) it's such a tough spot because you know i i work i work with these guys and i've got to i've got to have this relationship with them but at the same time i think that the numbers are so uh so there's there's such a different difference in numbers that you do have to talk about it is kind of the elephant in the room as we sit here because Yiner Diaz is, is a, uh, we're finding out he can be a dynamic weapon in as far as offense is concerned. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that we've always talked about, like you said, with Maldonado is defense, defense, defense. And you're not seeing the return on the defense because the caught stealing numbers are down. And these are just straight facts. It has nothing to do with how I feel about Maldonado, whether or not I like him. Not. I love the guy. Machete's um, awesome. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when, when you got a guy that's hitting 100 points better, uh, you know, OPS is what about f- almost 400 points better offensively. Uh, caught stealing numbers are better. And if you really want to dig and say, well, Maldi's a good receiver. Well, his the framing numbers this season, there's been a drastic drop off with the framing numbers. And, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, these are things that we've heard in the past. So, you know, is, is his psychology behind the plate? enough to keep him back there. That's what you have to ask yourself. And I think that's what Dusty's got to wrestle with day in, day out. Now, if a starter comes in and goes, look, I'm not throwing to Yiner Diaz. I don't know if that's even happening. So if that's happening, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, situation that you've got to navigate. Um, But catcher's ERA, even if you want to go to that point, you know, I still think that favors Yiner Diaz a little Mm -hmm. bit more than Maldonado. So, I mean, there's, there's, you know, you're, you're, it's a tough, it's a tough, tough situation, but you know, last season we saw Christian Vasquez get traded for, and he didn't play at all. And he right. just picked up a three-year, relatively nice deal with the Minnesota Twins. I'm not sure if Maldonado walked, he would get anything near that. No, I think you're a hundred. I think you're completely right. And and look, it's a difficult situation, but I and I do understand Dusty Baker is a is just he's a loyal guy. Um, he yes. wants guys that are you know, and that's that's part of what Incredibly. makes him a good manager. There is a point at some, and plus, look, I, yeah, he's not managing for us. He's managing for those guys in that dugout, and that's why he's loyal, and that's why guys like playing for him. Right, and and also, it's worth noting this is not a lost season, but Yiner is probably going to be the starting catcher next year. So it would be it's would behoove all of us if he gets more time. You know, just simply gets more major league time. The other one that I that I question, and that is just more of a lineup thing. And that is, I don't understand why Jose Abreu is still batting cleanup. I don't get it. Um, I don't 
it doesn't make any sense to me that <clears throat> he's batting this high in the lineup um, uh, when other guys are hitting better, you know? Um, and I understand there's a lot of that, you know, uh, the idea that, well, he's, he'll improve, you know, it's part of the deal. It's part of, you know, the psychology of it, I guess. I know there's, there's a lot involved in that when guys move up and down the lineup, but it just really confuses me that he's, that he is where he is in the lineup when he doesn't have the numbers to back it up. Well, I think that might have to go. I mean, it's, I think some of it, you know, goes to injuries. If you don't have Jordan, if you don't have Michael, um, mm. if uh, Jose Altuve has a day off, you've got to put somebody in the middle part of that lineup. Is it going to be Corey Jolks? Is it going to be Yiner Diaz, who we saw hitting fifth, which is probably mm-hmm. a pretty good slot for him if he's able to work in there without Jordan or Michael Brantley in that lineup. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just you've got to put a body in there, and you've got to hope yeah. that you know. I think the hope is that he turns into Jose Abreu in the four spot. You know, I think right. that's why they put him in there is just in the hopes that, man, what if we catch Jose Abreu on a good day and we get, a, you know, like we saw the other day with a home run, base hit, uh, running, you know, driving and runs. We've seen flashes of Jose Abreu throughout right. the course of the season. And hopefully this quote unquote reset uh, gets him right and gets him going. But I just think it's it's lack of options. To be honest with yeah. you, unless yeah. you're, you know, you talked about Dusty's loyalty. He's old school. He's, you know, I'm not sure he feels comfortable putting a younger hitter in that four spot. So maybe it's just put put a guy who's been there in that spot and hope he performs to what he's what he's capable of and what he's done in the past. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I could buy that argument if the Astros were hitting well. You know, it's like know. when they, you know, when you suck, it's kind of like maybe you should shake things up. I don't know. I will say you're right, Abreu in June. His OPS was 796, so definitely improvement. Still not great, um, mm-hmm. but improvement. Um, and, uh, you know, when you look, it's interesting. Another stat my friend Katya sent was that the, she sent me the top 15 monthly performances based on OPS, which is kind of an interesting thing to look at because in June, Yiner Diaz, 975. Mm, Chaz McCormick, nine twelve, right? And Jordan, even though he didn't play a lot in June, was at nine ten, right? Mm. So that's some of that. Bregman eight oh seven, Abreu seven ninety six, Dubon seven seventy seven. So mm. you look. I mean, the highest this year was Jordan in May, which was one point oh three five, which is just good <laughs> lord. Thousand thirty five. Yeah, freak. Altuve in May hit a thousand thirteen. I mean, Jesus, but yeah, the capabilities yeah, there. But I mean, Diaz is hitting nine seventy five OPS in June, and Chaz at nine twelve. Like you just got to get them at bats, man. The way they're hitting right now, well, and the to, way the offense your, is. Yeah, the offense is struggling. And to your point about Yiner Diaz, is his June power production as far yeah. as say let's just take the the old school standards of home runs and RBIs, he's eclipsed right. what Maldi's done in his entire season in one month. Wow. I didn't know that, Blummer. That's a that is a good stat right there. You know, Jeff Van Gundy, who the former Rockets head coach and color commentator for the NBA, he has a great line where he says, You don't ignore in victory what you wouldn't ignore in defeat. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's been a little, just to me, it feels like with the Astros, there's been a little bit of like, well, we've been here, we've been able to succeed before in the past by, you know, following these same sort of pathways. But 
now that you're not seeing the success, that's just, I think for fans, especially it's like, maybe things should be shaken up a little bit. And maybe that'll happen a little bit too, as we get past the all-star break, we start getting guys back. Maybe some of that will, we'll start seeing a progression to the mean and start mm-hmm. seeing better performances. I, you know, like I'm like you, man. I don't like being critical of any of these guys. I mean, I'm a diehard Astros fan, so I want them all yeah, to join succeed. the club. Yeah, I mean that's the deal. Um, one other thing that's been really weird to me lately, and I'm sure you've noticed it, is what is up with some of the weird base running gaffes? I mean, the Astros typically are pretty good at figuring that out, and we saw Corey Jolks get caught in a rundown the other mm. day just making a mistake. Um, we've seen some pretty odd and, and that in defense, like two of the things that for the Astros, you've been kind of able to rely on. Those have been odd this year where it is. I, I wonder if is is it like concentration? Is it just anomalous? I mean, what, what do you see from that? It's a, it's a little bit of everything. And what people don't understand is it, you know, hitting, hitting, you can have slumps offense. You can have slumps. Uh, you know, defensively, you can have slumps too. So you get out there and all of a sudden you're like, oh God, don't hit the ball to me. And here it comes. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, it takes a weird hop or you just don't have the grip that you want. And you chuck it into the seats and um, every guy's been there. But the fact that, uh, you know, you've got gold glovers out there having some issues, that's where you kind of go, huh, this is kind of <laughs> odd. But, you know, for me, it's just an anomaly because these guys are too good, too athletic, and they're going to be fine. Um, but at the same time, it, 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 when you're losing, it seems to just exacerbate itself and yeah. magnify. Yeah. So I think that that's what's going on too, is that we're paying a little more attention because the losses are involved and you're going, yeah. God, if we'd have just made that player, if I didn't run into that out, we'd be okay. But, uh, you know, but sometimes too, when you're losing, you have a tendency to maybe try and do too much. And that's when you find yourself getting exposed, trying to do too much instead of just make right. the play or just read the play in front of you on uh, base running and stuff like that. You know, it's tough yeah it is i will say on the flip side of that coin we again saw the value of mauricio dubon that play he made dude he's uh, been mvp man uh ranging for that ball in the middle of the infield um to to save that run uh in la i just i mean it's amazing to me that this guy has come on like this this year and been so ridiculously good um, and really all phases. I mean, he's playing first base. He never played, he never played first base a day in his life. Mm-hmm. He's over there playing first base and handling it pretty well. Um, I, what can we just have, what else can we say about his value to this team? No, I, I don't know if he can. He's the most valuable player mm-hmm. right now, to be honest with you, because he's picked guys up all over the field. I mean, talk about the April and May he had picking up Jose Altuve uh, at second base and the defense, yeah. the double plays he turns. <laughs> and then we watch him out in Cleveland laying out, uh, making some diving catches and stuff like that. So uh, Mauricio Dubon, you can't quantify what he's able to do uh, because there's not a number that uh, you can put to versatility. But at the same time, you know, uh, he, he's a good guy. He's a great clubhouse guy. And yeah. what what an infusion of energy that he puts at the top part of that lineup for Dusty too, man. He really does, and just the fact that he is always an on base threat. I mean, the guy yeah. is always an on base threat. Like at any any moment, you know, he's he's a guy that goes out there no matter what part of the game it's in. You figure mm-hmm. this guy's probably going to get on base, um, and I that's know. such a big deal when you got guys behind him uh, who can drive in those runs. I mean, the guy's always Absolutely. on base. It's crazy. It's like he mm-hmm. owns it. He owns first base. Maybe Mauricio Dubon, we should call him Mr. First. That guy's <laughs> always on. He's always on base. It's pretty amazing. So one other thing before we get going, 
And I, first of all, I want to let me ask you this: Have you done any uh, prep for the St. Louis series? What do we know? What the Astros are going to expect? Because St. Louis has been kind of crazy this year, up and down. What what do we what are we expecting from them? Um, just continue to beat them. I know that their defense is bad. Their starting pitching hasn't been great. Um, you've got guys underachieving like Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. Um, but at the same time, like I said, they're only eight and a half games out of first place, which I mean, at this point in the season, you could, you could honestly say we got a chance, but, uh, you know, I wrote down one thing that kind of threw me off was their home record. They're 14 and 22 at home. And that just doesn't make any sense for a St. Louis team. Cause that's no. one of the things in the past that has really been, you know, uh, the arrogance of St. Louis. And I can say that because I played in the national league central and I couldn't stand Tony La Russa and everybody else that played for him. <laughs> but the fact Fair. that they just had this arrogance at home and they just had, we are the best baseball fans. We are the best baseball team and we will play wonderful at home. They're 14 and 22 at home. <laughs> and that just kind of caught me off guard, but uh, th- they're in a bad place they're 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 not clicking at all and like you said they're kind of on that uh, they're in purgatory right now trying to figure out what they are and if they should sell um and i think the guy going tonight for uh the st louis cardinals is interesting just in the sense would he be a bit be available as jordan montgomery the guy's oh, four right. and seven with a 3.69 era and he's a quality left arm so i you know it's, it's what do you do with these guys and how do you figure them out and i think if you're playing against them you just continue to pressure them because that seems to be what's uh, pushing the st louis cardinals down a little bit is they're not able to react and come back um, with the offense that they do have and uh, and just to be you know just an outsider looking in it looks a little disjointed or dysfunctional in that clubhouse mm-hmm. a little bit and I'm not sure what that is maybe we'll get a little more understanding this week uh, when they do play the Astros but uh, when you face teams like this who are kind of demoralized they're they're looking more forward to playing you than maybe you are playing them, but you've got to pound on them. You've got to go out there, strike early, and just keep pushing them down. And then actually, the Astros' rotation sets up beautifully to be able to do that. Yeah, with Fromber and Javier, and uh, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah, that's that definitely makes a big difference when you run your best three out there uh, against them. Uh, in Fromber, we trust, man. I mean, yep. he is, you know, he is this year's Justin baseball with that two point two seven ERA unreal and just eats innings too mm, you know yeah. just eats them up so last thing before we go i don't know if you saw this but we we've talked about umpire scorecards on here before um but apparently their algorithm that displays the scorecards automatically got rejected by twitter so now they are no longer able to display those scorecards unless they just screenshot them and post them manually what? and so yeah so here's a question mark did Major League Baseball, here's a little conspiracy, and you know I don't like conspiracy theories, but I'll throw this one out there. Did Major League Baseball perhaps say, mm, we don't really like that being all over social media, and hey, Elon, can you do us a solid and maybe block that API? Now, now in fairness, Twitter's been blocking APIs all over the place. For those of you who mm-hmm. don't know, you know, you can't use a third-party app for Twitter anymore. There's tons of places where, like, people used to display their tweets at the bottom of their web page. That's gone. Now you got to pay, like, boat, boatloads of money to do that. So they've been doing this. But this one feels oddly suspicious. I'm just saying. Yeah, the umpires union getting involved. Uh, who knows? Maybe. I mean, man, I'm, you can't put anything past Manfred these days. With his his yeah, mouth right. and his uncontrollability, but uh, 
I've got. Why the hell does Elon even care? Yeah. Right. Well, who knows? <laughs> He's supposed to be in a cage match with Mark Zuckerberg, but then his mom I mean, yeah. pulled the plug on it. Like, what is happening in the world right now? By the way, I will mention, what was Manfred thinking going out and, like, taking on the Oakland A's fan base? Like, what are you doing? Idiot. Stop talking. Yeah. Don't know when to say like, when. Exactly. All, it's uh, just like idiots. That's basically. Thank you. Yes. It's exactly. Just, do not just shut your face. Is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Damn. Just like close it right now. You're not yeah, helping yourself. Everybody you're not favor. helping baseball. You're not helping anybody. So just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Blummer. Uh, any final thoughts? You got. You're in St. Louis for a few. Any where you go to eat in St. Louis? What's your like? Do you have a go to spot? You've played there a lot. You ready for this? There ain't nothing here. St. Louis, there's nothing except baseball and hockey. That's it. There's nothing else, man. I mean, we used to stay down by the stadium. At least you had Mike Shannon's restaurant down the street. You know, you could go out there and, you know, have a couple of pops after a game. I don't even know where we're at, to be honest with you. I got in here like seven hours ago. (laughs) I got got some investigating to do. Oh my God! You're just dropping. You're uh, lighting a fuse on St. Louis right now, Blumer. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll go to the bowling hall of fame. I don't know. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, St. Louis, please direct your anger at Blumer Twenty Seven. That's all I'm saying. It's like when Barkley called all uh, San Antonio women fat. Let's let's you know let's. Oh damn. Yeah, did you ever hear that? He's always, he's always yeah, getting may, busted. I may not go that. that far, and I may not go no. Lance Berkman on Wrigley Field, you know, where I want to blow it up. But at the same time, I mean, St. Louis <laughs> is not like a mecca for good times. Yeah, well, that's completely fair. <laughs> well, we'll be back. We'll be back on Friday uh, with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, first trip to Southern Oklahoma. Uh, against coming the Rangers up. at Mimic Maid Park coming up. Mm. Big weekend series. I will be in attendance da, 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 on Saturday. Hey-o. Oh, show. Um, my buddy and I are going up. It's going to be a party. I'm going to go to my cousin's restaurant. Blummer, you're obviously invited. Come to the. I told him, I talked to him today or yet last night, and he was like, Yeah, 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 let's do it. He's going to, I think he's going to hook us up. I think he's going to hook us up. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. something. Um, so. Be ready for that. Hopefully, the Astros will be successful in St. Louis, and they can go in riding high and uh, and and go take it to the uh, fake Texas Ranger uh, organization. Huge thanks to everyone for listening and watching all over the world. You guys are great. Keep liking and subscribing. Keep commenting. Super thankful for all of you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you in Dallas. Go Astros. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.